welcome to the Dear Patriarchy podcast. This is episode 10, and I am Jennifer. I'm Lisa. Well done, Bear. <laughs> oh, well, love you know your name. Um, so 10 episodes, Lisa. Some might call that a milestone. Some would call that milestone. So we're all the way to our goal if 10 was our goal. Was it? We're halfway. No, we're halfway oh. to 20. <laughs> As tenth of the way to 100. Yeah, I mean, there's no stopping us now. I mean, we could do some serious math. All I can think of is Deca. Decadohedron. Oh, stop What's a it, you. Decadohedron. Dodeca- Why do I know that word? A dodecahedron. That's something with 12 sides. Oh, dodecahedron. So I just yeah. made up. No, there's a decahedron. Is there? Fantastic. Is it 10-sided it's a shape? uniform eight prism. Oh, I hate those. 32,300 <laughs> topologically distinct decahedra. Are you oh, talking no. about geological? Oh, my God. Decahedron is a polyhedron with 10 faces. Some decahedra have regular faces. I am a polyhedra with a regular face. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, my face is so rag. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, no one wants to go down this rabbit hole with us <laughs> no. at all. No, they don't. So maybe we should just talk about a couple of things that were close to our heart before we jump into the burning bush yeah. of holiday fires. Now, in the last episode, you started with something. Was it the woman spelling? No, or no. It... I can talk about that. So th- I think... Well, we should talk about that because you've, yeah. you've kind of gone full, full hog. We've started spelling women uh, W-O-M-X-N. And the reason for that is it is used as an alternative spelling to A, avoid the suggestion of sexism perceived in the sequence of the spelling of M-A-N and M-E-N as that is that man being a basis for the woman, right? And also to be inclusive of trans and non-binary people. There was a term. So, yeah. No terps here. No turfs here. Said. So yeah. some of the things that this kicks up is, is people will say this is a turf dog whistle. So there was the spelling of women, W-O-M-Y-N, which was used, I believe, at the first in like the 70s, maybe in the 80s. And this became a turf, so a, a trans exclusionary radical feminist term, um, which, as it says on the label, to specifically exclude uh, trans and non-binary people from the use, the definition of, of women. So we want to use a term that's as intersectional as possible, as inclusive as possible. So we'll be using that where and when we can. We'll still use statistical information that's based on the original spelling of women. So when you see that word, it's usually because it's coming from a statistical basis. Mm. But in every other arena where we're able to use the spelling of w-o-m-x-n we will do that right so that's the women thing and we have had a lot of comments but i just think because there's a lot of disinformation about there out out there but we are not trans exclusionary radical feminists we are intersectional feminists hopefully on the journey to being womanists because that that matters deeply to us that our feminism is not exclusive in any way we're into intersectionality oh my god in a big way but also don't you think that the desire to be womanist places us there? Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. We need to continue to do the work, you know. Yeah, okay. that's a, that's everybody though. Yeah, I, I think it's a tricky one, right? Like when we had that conversation about allyship, you can't put the laurels on your own head. No, that's why I sent you that infographic about allyship versus. Um, oh yeah, a, and I love it. Accomplice. 
So the other thing I wanted to say was we use the term BIPOC BAMER. Yes. And and I, I want to address the fact that we are fully aware that the experiences of Black women, Indigenous women, minority ethnic women, uh, women of color, refugee women, they're not all the same. And when we use those terms for brevity, it isn't because we believe that that experience is a universal one. We know that every one of these communities has been marginalized within the patriarchal construct. Systemic racism explicitly impacts these communities. And we want to make sure that we put forward statistical information that is relevant to those experiences. We do not want to use the term non-white because that centers whiteness as the right, as the correct, as the center, which is not what it is. And we recognize that. So we don't want to use that term. We also don't want to minimize anyone's experience. But the best way that we have found so far is to use the terms BIPOC, which is Black, Indigenous, People of Color, which is used predominantly in the United States, and BAMER, which is Black, Asian, Minority, Ethnic, Refugee, which is used in the UK predominantly. And we will continue to use those terms until we can find a better way to express the statistical differences between all of these different communities which have been marginalized within the racist and patriarchal social construct that we exist in. Right. And we're also not interested in acting like we understand Mm. um, the experience. So we're not interested in amplification through just telling other folks stories, which is why we haven't tackled systemic racism yet, which is something that once we have the opportunity to do interviews, that's where we're going first because it's so important to us. But we're not interested in erasure via amplification just for content's sake. Yep, 100%. And it's something we've wanted to do since our first episode, but we know how careful we need to be in presenting that information, but we also know how extremely important the information is to broadcast and to bring to people who don't have that experience. And we're just trying to figure out the best way. We think that we found that. So we're really looking forward to to the new year. Yeah. We got some stuff perhaps lined up that's going to be amazing. Incredible. So in that vein, yes, just want to say real quick, make sure you subscribe share tell your friends about it yeah girl um are you are you good lease on yours oh yeah just wanted to say that in the 25 to 30 minute mark of the first boardroom versus the working woman episode i lisa says i didn't but i feel like i not silence lisa because that's impossible to do <laughs> but i cut her off and almost was dismissive when she was speaking about how a i'm using finger quotations because this is such a bullshit term but any kind of token diversity hire like If a company is going to hire someone simply to check a box, simply to have a token person in the room that does not look like the other white men in the room, Lisa was kind of driving home the point that if you just make a token hire, you're setting that person up to fail and you're setting kind of the culture of your company up to fail if you're trying to to bring diversity to your team. I felt that she was being negative and I felt uncomfortable. Uh, And so I tried to shift the conversation to, well, what can we do? And while I think it's great to talk about about like, what can we do and how can we help folks that may have found themselves in this position? At the same time, unless a company is committed to diversity and they're hiring and recruiting policies and practices are not racist, are not misogynistic, they're not going to work. So if you have those tenants driving through your, your company, you have to do better than hire one person who looks different because yeah. that's not fair to anyone. Yep. Okay. Today, we are fucking tired. Yeah. 
We're fucking exhausted. Yeah. Lisa has been buried under the flannel blanket of another lockdown. Oh, order. man. Yeah. So, and I am feeling like this Christmas Hanukkah. Yeah, because you celebrate both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling the weight of that and this insane pressure to just make it a fucking spectacular holiday because of COVID, because of just 2020 in general and we wanted we want to talk through that because i think it's timely and i think there are a lot of moms out there a lot of just people just men and women in general who are feeling the heaviness of this season when it's supposed to be a social light celebratory time yeah oh my god can we just call it holiday burnout well we've already used the term burnout no i know i just i don't know what else to call it because it's just like it's just that being totally overwhelmed by having dumpster fire of 2020 versus the working woman yeah Oh my god. That's too long. That might be long. Yeah, that's really long. But also, I think it's this heightened sense of of extra of needing to do more and the expectation of like we've had a really crazy year because of the pandemic i'm not saying we like you and i like everyone has and now a lot of people are looking to the holiday season if it's christmas if it's hanukkah if it's kwanzaa if it's any of the many holidays or spiritually significant days that happen in december because there's loads yeah Yeah. then you want to make up for it right you want to like have this day or this time that's amazing and makes up for how stripped back everyone feels and how unsupported everyone feels and how burnt out I know you hate you know I'm using that but like just so burnt down you know um burnt down is good burnt down girl so people feel burned out for taking on too many responsibilities and whether that's because of the pressure from other people or their own expectations of what they're supposed to provide to their families it this time is just coming so painful i looked into it loaded it's so loaded and i looked into it a little bit and there was a study in 2018 that one in three adults suffered from holiday burnout 36 percent said that it started for them in mid-december but 17 percent felt burnt out even before december started when did Hanukkah start in 2018? Oh my god, I have no idea. I, that was an early year, right? I feel like that was the yeah, early year. it was year. super early. I think it was like, yeah, December 2nd. Oh my god, that was such an early one. I remember when you were like, it's yeah. Hanukkah. And I was like, it's literally well, barely December. It had, it had just <laughs> been Thanksgiving five seconds Oh ago. my god, yeah. I remember that, Jen. Um, and we understand how really fucking problematic thanksgiving is and i'm so oh, sorry yeah. to have an episode with- well we put we put some stuff up on our our insta yeah. that like leading people to the um all my relations podcast that put out which mm. is an amazing podcast anyway um hosted by two indigenous women and they they put an amazing episode up um if you look on our insta or you just look for all my relations about uh thanksgiving or thanks taking and it is so incredible mm. they have mash piece um indigenous scholars who were the original Original people who um, came into contact with the with the settlers, colonists, whatever you want to call them, and just the way they they explain Thanksgiving and the way that it's impacted the indigenous communities, um, it's a pretty incredible episode to listen to. They do it in such a lively, beautiful way. Sorry, I um, took us on a detour. I just wanted to make sure we said that because no, we were sorry. just talking about a podcast that we both loved, and yeah. they've been sensitive. Yes, um, about Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's not. 
it's not acceptable. So, no. you know, if you hear something that makes you uncomfortable that we've said, please, please, please reach out patriarchypod at gmail.com because we mm. want to make sure that we're mindful of that. And, you know, we're learning and we're, we're for we're sure going to make mistakes. Too. So if yeah, you, if you have. help us, yeah. So if you have that knowledge and you have that, that time to share that information with us, we, we would love it. So I thought that was really interesting because 2018, obviously, other than being an early Hanukkah year, that's <laughs> two years before the pandemic, you know, so people were already feeling like, that now. Obviously, we don't have the figures for how people are feeling this December because it's happening now. But we already know that women suffer burnout more than men and that female leaders experience burnout twice as often as their male colleagues. So we know that women are getting ground down by this. Now, women already perform the bulk of emotional labor. Emotional labor is the unpaid, unnoticed labor that goes into keeping everyone around you happy, right? So it was first used in a book published in 1983 called The Managed Heart by R. Hothschild, and it was described by her as having to induce or suppress feeling in order to sustain the outward countenance that produces the proper state of mind in others. So this is part. Yeah, I have the best story. Okay, let me hear it. But you know, you go ahead first and then I'll, and then let me know when I get story time. Well, one thing I just wanted to say is that women from BIPOC BAMER communities have a lot of emotional labor that they have to do on a daily basis. Black women specifically have to be really careful about how they speak because of that angry black woman stereotype. Yes. So they are having, and many women from BIPOC BAMER communities are having to constantly perform emotional labor just to keep everyone around them happy. And then when you add in the fact that as a As a woman, if you have children and you have a partner, you also bear the weight of keeping them happy as well. And emotional labor gets used interchangeably with mental load, but they're not the same. So mental load is like the weight of having to remember everything, whereas emotional Mm. labor is is the weight of having to keep everyone happy. So the two work together. And like in the holidays, it's just such a clusterfuck because the two of them just grind you down. What was your story, Jen? I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose that. Well, now I feel like it's kind of silly. I want to hear your silly story. So the other night I was changing the baby's diaper. My middle child was doing something crazy and probably destructive. And as I finished changing the baby, my oldest found this pointer that Alex made. And it looks like (laughs) a Google finger pointing straight up. And then it's like made out of like a thick block of wood, painted blue. And then it's on this like metal rod from something. (laughs) So it is basically like a poking finger, a battering ram. Like it's so she's, swinging it around I just put the baby on the floor after changing his diaper so he could play with his toys and it came in within inches of his head oh my god probably closer and so I grabbed it out of her hand and like threw it on top of this bookshelf changing table situation that we have and as I did that my back spasmed Mm. but also the hernia I haven't had sewn closed from having way too many babies pinched something so i'm like seriously it felt like someone threw a javelin through me oh my gosh i'm like on fire on both sides of my body but like everyone's happy we're alex is getting getting ready to take the kids somewhere so i'm like laying on the floor because i can't stand up because i'm in too much pain but i'm like trying to be like (laughs) so much fun on the ground and the baby had an apple so he crawls over to me and like stands up but then like chokes on a piece of the apple so he like vomits all over me and then Oh my god. <laughs> my middle child had gone to the drawer and put like a mask on and some rubber gloves. <laughs> 
saying, Mama, does this hurt? And I'm like trying to be like, oh, haha, you're a doctor. And so Alex comes and gets the kids, takes them out of the house. And I go upstairs and there's a load of laundry on the bed that I hadn't had a chance to fold yet. But I put it on the bed so I wouldn't, I couldn't go to bed without folding it. Jenny. Um, so I'm trying to crawl up the stairs with this like <laughs> pulsating injury. I made sure I folded all of his shirts just in case he needed to wear them to work before I got into the bed to lay down. Oh, Jenny. And then felt bad that I hadn't pulled it once. Yeah, that's like so 1950s housewife. It, it hurts me. I know, me. and that's not me at all. No. But it's just like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't even let myself anywhere near the moment of injury, let myself feel it. Yeah. Because it wasn't time. And like, granted, that's a ridiculous story. And like, all the women in me that are tired were screaming at me at the same time going, just lay down, you loony tune. Yeah. But I think that like, on some level, every woman can understand that whether it's like you're having to be performative for your children or performative for your partner or performative for your friend, because it's not time for you to be authentically in the moment, either in pain or tired or hungry or all of the things. Anything that's not happy and helpful. Right. Yeah. Oh, honey, that's a terrible story. (laughs) It's great. Terrible in a great way. I just think with that, with this holidays, I wanted so much to talk about this because we've been in sort of in and out of lockdown over here. And so I'm trying really hard to like keep it together and keep my focus and like make sure that my son, who's only three, has like the best Christmas possible and like a super magical one, nearly four. Because he's old enough, like this is the first year he's old enough to like get it. And I wanted it to be so special. And because things are getting locked down, I'm like canceling stuff that I've booked left and right because we're not able to go anywhere. And now we just found out today that we're in what's known as tier four lockdown, which is a which is basically back to the beginning again. So no shops are open except for the grocery stores. Um, no one can leave their house for any other reason than to go to the grocery store and potentially to go to work if you work in one of the few industries that being allowed to go back to work. So is that you? Yeah, it's always construction. So among other industries, but yeah, construction obviously brings in a lot of money from overseas and from the EU and, and from the UAE and from China and places like that um, in investment. So they, they want construction to keep happening. All that to say, I'm really, and you were great. I spoke to you on the phone about this because I had to cancel this really magical train ride to Santa Land. <laughs> For Rufus, which we've taken him on every year. And this would have been like the first year where he got it. (laughs) Because every other year he's been like, what is happening? (laughs) But then when I had said to you, like, I'm so upset. I've had to like cancel this. You were like, nah, he'll get over it. And I was like, yeah, that's like the sense of reason that I'm really missing right now. Because everything that I have to cancel feels like this huge deal. Like I'm failing at Christmas because I can't provide these things. Yeah. And also, like, I normally, like, plan out, like, what I'm going to cook on Boxing Day and, like, get the kids' outfits. Like, um, because... Boxing Day is the day after Christmas. Yeah, sorry. um, It's the day after Christmas. And my partner has three children from a previous marriage. And we get the kids on Boxing Day. And so we do, like, a redo of Christmas Day with them. And it's so big and such a big deal for us. They're like, get them outfits and, like, make sure that the table, like, looks amazing. And, like, just everything feels really magical. And I just haven't done any of that this year because I feel like I just can't get on top of anything I can't focus on just one thing and I know that I'm not the only one who feels that way and I guess I just want to take the moment to say if this is how you feel you're doing enough 
Like, this needs to be the year of the good enough Hanukkah, of the good enough Christmas, of the good enough Kwanzaa, of the good enough any spiritual holiday that takes place in December, whatever it is for you. Just make it a good enough one. It doesn't have to be amazing. It doesn't have to make up for what the year has been like. Just make it one that's love. Because it's what? Well, if so if it's an adult that you're dealing with, that you're trying not to disappoint, like, they've they've been here too. Yeah. Yeah, they can it's kids. handle it. And I'm sorry, you don't have the power to make it magical. No matter how much money you spend, no matter how mm. much debt you go into, no matter how much money you pump into Jeff Bezos' pocket, like you're not going to, you're not gonna, it's not gonna be what you're envisioning because it's not that kind of year. No. And also, don't give your money to Amazon. Please shop local where you can, please. If you buy books. I mean, that's what I, that's what I think about now with this shutdown for you guys. Like how many businesses are going to go out of business? Loads. But it's the same thing in this. It's the same thing all around the world. The governments that have not handled this well, the people that bear the brunt of it is not the government. The self-employed people and the small business owners are the ones that are drowning because they don't work for a big company so they can't get on the furlough scheme that they have over here that they've now extended to April. They can't get... We don't get, have a furlough scheme. No, but also if you get... You've got unemployment. Yeah, which we don't get over it's here. It's not great. Yeah, yeah. We don't get unemployment over here. You get tax credits, but you have to to make very little in order to get tax yeah. credits. So, so hard. Yeah. So you have to be like starving poor in order to get help from the government, mm-hmm. which I get it. Like mm-hmm. the government doesn't have a lot of money, but I think maybe if you bought less... But if you bought less fighter jets, maybe you could take yeah. care of the people that need help. Anyway, we're really, really derailing, but... All are of we that. though? Uh, I don't think we are. I just feel like women are the ones that suffer all the time. You know, women are the Listen, ones that statistically you, are the most poor globally. Yeah. And they're the ones that and have to bear children and take care of those children because they can't walk away from them. Some women, I know that there's a very small, like, 0.0001% that do. But when it comes to unpaid care work, it's women that do the overwhelming majority of it. Women in the UK alone are responsible for 60% unpaid, more unpaid work than men. And that's like cooking, childcare, housework. <sighs> I know. Okay. But I also just want to say, yep. if you are very behind on your Christmas shopping and you can't afford to shop local because it's sometimes it is priced out of reality for some folks. We yeah. don't judge you and do take all the shortcuts you need to to just get through this year because your sanity is the most important thing. But if you can, don't give your money to Amazon. If you can, keep your money away from Jeff Bezos. And also, if you buy books, I know that we put this in our posts a lot, but we actually have a little tiny bookstore. We don't get anything for it, I should add. <laughs> but it's it's an umbrella underneath bookshop.org, and that, that operates both in the U.S. and in the U.K. And all of that, it's like a giant Amazon, but it doesn't take money. All it does is, is it shunts your order to the nearest local bookstore, which is incredible. So instead of like buying books from Barnes and Noble, you can buy it from the bookshop around the corner if you can't get in there because that it's... Little, the little shop around the corner? Yeah. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, oh, Little Shop Around the Corner. I know, Jenny. You I know that out. movie. I know okay, it's sorry. from them. But then sorry. I also was thinking of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and also the one with Rick Moranis when it's the plant. What is that one? That one's so good. Uh, I love that one. It's the Venus flytrap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, little, yeah, Little Shop of Horrors. It's such a good movie. And Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors is incredible. And I, he's problematic for me now because he's really gone in a crazy way. But like... Um, His face is so tight. Well, it's so tight, but also, I don't know. I don't agree with some of the things that he says and the way that he behaves is a bit crazy. But anyway, 
All of that to say, we really went off piece again. But all of that to say, if you're going to buy books, shop our tiny bookstore. Um, no, well, we have a feminist 101 sort of line of books that's that's constantly increasing of just like really amazing feminist authors and and like really groundbreaking feminist works. But also any books that you buy from there, obviously you're benefiting your local bookstore instead of huge conglomerates. So it's always a uh, it's always good. Anyway, but at the same time, <laughs> my advice for this time is take the shortcut. Give yourself a rest mm. and do what you need to do to stay sane. Agree. The UK is locked down. Yeah. Or is it just... So the sections that are in tier four are London, the southeast, and east of England. And we're not allowed to see anybody for Christmas. Everywhere else, they can see one other family on Christmas Day. They can't stay over. They can't travel outside of their zone. How will they know? Well, they won't. It's an honor system. Well, I mean, in California, you're not allowed to use the bathroom with someone else. Well, like the same stall? And no chanting or singing. So I think this has more to do with covens. Wow. That's so specific. <laughs> it's very specific. I don't know if that's true right now, but that was like part of one of the la- last ones. I mean, it's always a good rule. Like, in an, on a normal day. What, to avoid a coven? In a bathroom? Well, yeah, I have nothing against witchiness or a coven or any of that. I, no. you know what? Practice yeah, girl. Want. But I do have to say that I prefer to not use the bathroom stall with or go into the bathroom with someone else. Okay. Just my... Like, are you talking about people going in the same stall as you? Oh my <laughs> I'm so confused. Your next, move on to your next statistical reference and I'll look it up. Okay, so I have this one which is across Britain. The office... Uh, for national statistics found that uh, people do more than a trillion pounds worth of unpaid housework every year. So if you're looking at it from the fact that women do 60% more unpaid work than men, there's a lot of money going missing from women's pockets because of the unpaid care work that they take care of. Now, I don't, that doesn't come as a surprise to me. What comes as a surprise to me is how much women do and how much women are made responsible, especially in like a a cis two-partner relationship where they're the ones who specifically for Christmas have to buy all the presents, have to make sure they know what their kids want, have to make the house feel magical, have to book up all the trips, have to get them on the Santa land train journey, you know, and the men just show up and act like they deserve a prize because they got there at the right time. I mean, to be fair, that's a tiny bit harsh, but that's a little bit <laughs> harsh. But 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 it's on some. That's the extreme. Yeah. But on some, I mean, on some levels, it's true. I just told Alex today. I said Christmas presents are taken care of. There's something for everyone to open. Yeah. On Christmas, mm. and he said, "Well, did you get something for yourself?" Mm. <laughs> I said, no, oh but my! I will. Oh my God, Jenny. <laughs> Here you go. Here. I'm just imagining him tossing you a $20 bill and being like, here you go, girl. Get yourself a little something. Get yourself something nice. Oh, my God, Alex. (laughs) Okay. Okay, and I got it. We got to go back real quick because I just completely Fox News everyone. So I had heard and seen a bunch of memes. Oh, Jenny, no. I know, I know. So basically, it's part of the California guidelines for someone that's isolating at home, which obviously fucking duh. They need their own bathroom that can be disinfected and sanitized after they use it. Okay. So way different than one person to a bathroom. If this is the kind of statistical information you're going to put in this show, (laughs) then our next episode is going to be on QAnon. 
and why it's not so bad after all. <laughs> oh, no. I know. That's where you're leading us. Danger. You're going, you're going to very extreme. I know. I'm in Edges. bitter. I'm in bitter land. Come, join em- me here. Embittered. Em- embittered land. So, yeah. So, I want to talk about what you can do if you're feeling overwhelmed. I, I just can't say it enough. Like, let this just be a good enough holiday. If you have children, just let them feel love. They don't have to have a million presents and it doesn't have to be everything that they've asked for. I mean, I heard a thing on the BBC that said that in Germany, parents tend to buy toys that are good for their kids and not what the kids want. So I feel like if you at least as a parent are listening to your children and getting them like one small thing that they want, you're doing better than the Germans. Oh, I 100% subscribe to that. I don't get the kids what they want. Oh, Jenny, you're so German. I had no idea, but I guess I am. So can I just say that Rufus, he doesn't want much. He wants hungry hippos. And he wants... Do you know how loud that fucking game is? Oh, yeah, no, because I threw it away before when the other kids had it. <laughs> so don't get it for him. Well, yeah, so I didn't get him that one. And he said, I want Hungry Hippos or I want Slappy Jim, which is a game. <laughs> which is a game where it's oh a... God. Listen, Jenny, it's the most ridiculous game. It's a Venus flytrap. Plastic Venus flytrap whose mouth is full of slime. And you put butterflies in it. Not real butterflies, plastic ones. And they have to put their hand in this slime in Slappy Jim's slimy mouth and fish them out. And so guess what? That's what he got. He got Slappy Jim. I don't know what he'll learn. But I tell you what, he asked for it. so the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, my God. It was on on super reduced sale because guess what? It's been discontinued as a game. (laughs) It doesn't even show up on Google. Slappy Jim? Here. No. <laughs> All I see is Slappy the Dummy. Oh. I don't remember Slappy any Jim. of the presents I got growing up. No, you don't. I only remember I one. I remember, well, I remember I asked for a pager and I got a bubblegum pager and my parents that was, thought it was the funniest thing. It was actually super funny. It was not funny. It was really funny. I know I'm really dating myself here because I wanted a pager. I but know. I don't remember. I just remember Christmas being magical. I remember opening presents and it being wonderful and amazing. And, you know, a lot of people don't have extra money. They've been no. out of work forever. Now their stores that's, are shutting down. That's, and really yeah. Putting Slappy Jim on your list. Like, I'm you sorry. don't have to get <laughs> Slappy Jim. Well, Slappy Jim's on sale, but I would just say I got the name wrong. It's actually Slimy Joe. <laughs> So, I messed up a little bit there. <laughs> Much better is Slappy Joe. <laughs> Slappy Jim. Oh I'm like, God. I understand why it was called Slappy Joe when it was a slimy. I didn't say Slappy Joe. I said Slappy Jim. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm like I'm like some woman. My it- hernia is starting to spasm. <laughs> that is the funniest thing I've ever heard. So, like, if you're in the market for a nonsense game that's price has been cut because it's being discontinued, look for look for Slimy Joe. Here, here is the thing: stupidest game I've ever seen. He's gonna be so happy, and I will be calling it Slappy Jim. What I wanted to say was there seems to be this 
overpowering urge in a lot of parents to like give their kids so much more than they had, especially if you come from a background or a childhood that was in any way toxic or in any way limited or in any way hard. So one that that there wasn't much money and things were difficult and maybe emotionally it wasn't fantastic, uh, potentially abusive, all of those things. And when we become parents, we want to give our children the dream. Everything has to be better for them. They have to have the best of everything because you don't want them to have even a tinge of what you had. And you're hypersensitive to it feeling like it's going that, yeah, down that road. Even when they're still getting more than what they need, which so many children do get more than what they need from their parents. There is this urge to to just shower them in stuff. Yeah. And I think that just ties on really closely to what you said about remembering the feeling and not remembering the stuff Mm -hmm. make the feeling beautiful if you can well it's interesting as you're speaking i'm wondering like if there's a lot of projecting here like Mm. this pressure to make this pressure to make these holidays so perfect and so whatever like is it for the kids or is it for you just because things are so shitty I think it's both, Jenny. Like, it's both. So it has to be. And it's scary. And just be aware. Like, I mean, I'm not going to go off on a tangent lecturing people how to spend their money. But like, if you're spending beyond your means and because you have to get everyone the perfect thing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just take a step back and, and like try to figure out like, is it for you or is it for someone else? And I know that now I'm definitely off kind of what we wanted to talk about. No, but I think but I that's think that the, good to think yeah. about, Jenny. I think there's levels of, like, psychological stuff here. We're, we're all so tired, and, you know, I used to kind of roll my eyes and people be like, well, I don't even know what normal's going to be when we yeah. get out of this. And that yeah. used to really bother me, and now I'm like, oh, they were actually probably right. Because it can't, it can't be like it was. I know that you're vegan, but, like, I love a cheese, like, I love a charcuterie board. At a party. Oh, okay. Like a like a public one where everyone touches it. Yeah. But you like, don't even like sharing like, the bathroom. Like with people. meat for all. Okay. No, I'm just you know I went to we went Alex and I went to um, a Christmas party for his one of his companies he worked for and they had like a massive table the size of a door that was covered in meat and cheese and that was like the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. That's not gonna happen anymore. Well, but also like just from a sanitary perspective, like most people right. don't wash their hands when they go to the toilet. And I know you, I'm minimizing things, but, like, having platters of things out for a party, for having people over to your home, like, that's, I mean, granted, there's still a lot of people doing that. That's why why the numbers look the way they do, but yeah, um, that's a, it's a, it's going to be very different. And that's hard, too. I mean, we're probably all, we're probably in some stage of, gr- of the grieving process for what things used to be like. Because more conservative folks are being gaslit by the media or whatever, thinking this thing is all a hoax and just like a money grab by the government. Oh, yeah. So they're still in that first stage of grief, right? It's an amazing thing to bring up because it really is that we're grieving the way our lives were. And even though normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. we have denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. So So I'm definitely like tired, like depressed, tired. So maybe I'm almost there. What? In accepting where how things are yeah yeah i think that's that sounds about right but like it's such a um such a polarizing thing to talk about but i guess in a way to maintain your own sanity if you can just look at people who are like oh it's a 
it's a hoax by the government. No one's really died. Just look at the, just look at those people and think they're at the very beginning. I know it's like nearly a year, but they're still at the very beginning of their grief, of grieving what their life used to be. Well, there's a lot of misinformation. Yeah. Too, that's continuing to feed all of the different stages. Yeah. I want to talk about what you can do. What are things mm-hmm. are, that you can do if you're feeling overwhelmed? So the first one, very much like we're talking about with the five stages of grief, is just accept that it's okay for you to feel what you're feeling, whether that's anxiety, stress, being overwhelmed, just feeling like everything's too much and you're burnt out. That's 100% okay. You do need to tap into what you're feeling in your, what my therapist calls your laboratory, um, which is everything from the neck down. So not what you're thinking you feel, but what your body's telling you you feel. Mm. And just be gentle with yourself. So check in with your laboratory and know what you're actually feeling. See if you can name it. Because sometimes to name it helps you lessen it. And by laboratory, you mean laboratory. Yeah. That's That's how we say it in English. I know. In American. (laughs) (laughs) I just told you how you say it in English. You then came back at me. You retorted with how you say it in American. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Let me take my harmonica out my mouth. Mm -hmm. I already know. The second one is clarify your values. So just try to understand what actually matters to you and not what is an expectation of you or what you feel is an expectation of you from maybe externally, from like family members, from your kids, from your partner if you have one if like whatever that is you need to think about what from you, your job tell from me your what job they're expecting from you over the holidays yeah think about what you want this holiday time what your festive season is going to be about and try and shape what you're spending your time and energy on mm. to reflect that and if and if you find that you're doing things for the for the look of it like maybe just try and set those things aside i know it's hard but it's only draining you more it's right. it's only taking more away from you when you don't have much to give anyway. Well, and speaking of draining all the life from you, I'm totally guilty of self-medicating and like drinking my ass off to kind of find a way through and to cope. And I've been finding lately that it just is not, if you're eating un, in an unhealthy way or drinking too much, like that's going to have, that's going to take its toll on you. Yep. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, if that's, if that's how you need to cope, do it. I mean, make, make your life easier, but just know that there is fallout from that type of, of dealing with it. I mean, it's, yep. it's, it's a truth and it can have, you know, it's expensive and it's, it's just, it's a toxic way to handle things. So, um, for women, particularly alcohol and estrogen don't go together. I'm not going to stand, stand here, sit here and preach and say, don't drink. But especially when you get into a a later stage of life, so in your 40s and your 50s and your 60s, when you start to go through um, perimenopause, menopause and all that, excessively drinking alcohol doesn't just affect how you feel um, from a depression perspective, but it also impacts how your body stores fat. And I am not in any way saying that the storing of fat is something to reject or something to not have happen. But if you have issues with body dysmorphia mm. and you are already super burnt out, if you're... By the dr- way, we're both super yeah. dysmorphic. Yeah, like, yeah. We yeah. for years what, and we're so good at it. What, well, the reason why I'm saying this is because I'm living this right now. Mm, no, honey. Is the fact that 
Alcohol makes your body gain weight in strange places because of its interaction with estrogen. Um, well, and the inflammation. And inflammation and all of that yep. stuff. So I love a drink. I like to have a drink. And I'm really working on understanding my relationship with alcohol better. But I also know that my body dysmorphia at times of stress gets very strong. And it's something that can tip me over the edge if I'm already riding that line. So it's just something. Just for anyone that doesn't yeah. know, I'm just going to pause you there. So body dysmorphia yeah. is a mental health disorder in which you can't stop thinking about one or more perceived defects or flaws in your appearance. A flaw that appears minor or can't be seen by others, but you may feel so embarrassed, ashamed, and anxious that you may avoid social situations. Yeah, girl. Um, that's that's one that's one definition of it, but also it's just basically like looking in the mirror and seeing something that's not real, but then like in your mind, like that's all you can think about, or you just stop looking at yourself in the mirror. It's just a debilitating thing that is not necessarily based in reality. It's making your body the way that your body looks really central to who you are as a person and and that doesn't need to be what it is i'm working so hard jenny i know you're working so hard towards getting ourselves to a place of like body neutrality where we can if if not love our bodies 100 percent, accept that they're doing the job they were made to do and not have how our bodies look be such a driver for how we're gonna feel emotionally that day and well, it's also very interesting buying into the patriarchal like paradigm oh of like God. women must be small to be attractive or to be worth whatever. Well, we're going to talk about this in the next episode about taking yeah. up space, Jenny, because yeah. it's such yep, a yep. big deal. And it is so patriarchally linked. It's, it is bonkers how women's body shapes are linked to the patriarchy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I feel like I, I let the one get away from me. Um, I just wanted to say that because I know it's a really big trigger for me. But we also um, don't want to, we also are not, are not preaching and like saying don't drink. Like, no. Cope however you need to cope, but just be aware. Stress increases cortisol in your body, yeah. which yep. makes you hold on to fat and retain. Specifically um, in your stomach. And then also like alcohol will disrupt your sleep, which yeah. kind of, if you're not sleeping well, that makes everything worse. And makes you produce more cortisol. Right. So, but we're not saying don't drink. Like, if that is how you're going to cope, that's how, like, have a drink. Enjoy your, your holiday. Just, I don't want to tell anyone what to do. I just want people to be aware of, like, the consequences of what they're doing. And I'm not judging at all. Like, I drink way too much and I don't sleep enough. What if we just say we're giving you this information because it's information that is important to us. And we hope that when you're doing what you need to do to distress, that you think about it. And when you make your decisions, you're making them in an informed way. So the third one is set boundaries. So our sense of obligation to other people gets increased around festive seasons. Yeah, if we're Mm, prone to people pleasing or trying to live up to ideals or have a really dysfunctional relationship with members of our family, this will really trigger us. So have a think about the boundaries you need to set in your relationships And whether that's time or how you spend your money or how you communicate, what plans you make, just understand what's acceptable to you and what's not and try and clarify your own boundaries so you can protect your boundaries if and when you need to. Right. And like we said before, just kind of like try to, if you can and you have the the headspace to do it, just be aware of what is motivating you towards the behaviors that may or may not oh, be yeah. process healthy. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then finally, just do what matters to you. So mm. what brings you joy? 
what matters to you. Like for me right now, I'm thinking about my son having his first Christmas that he's going to really remember. Yeah. And I want it to be joyful and loving. I want it to be magical, but I know that the glitter of nostalgia that peppers our childhood years anyway, it's going to throw magic all over it anyway. So well, I'm going to... I'm gonna And also knowing you, Lisa, it's going to be super magical. Oh, so. thanks, no, I'm not being nice. I'm just saying <laughs> you go I didn't. all out all the time. <laughs> I love a party. I know. Okay. So, but thank you for that. So I'm going to try and drop the emphasis on magical and just make sure that he feels loved and taken care of. And I'm going to do the same thing for myself. Good. And I hope that everybody else does that too. So whether that's, you know, one day I might need to take a nap in the middle of the day, which I never do. And sometimes I really need to do that. Um, Or being around people that give me energy rather than take energy from me. And then finally, just reflect on what this time of year brings up for you. You don't have to do this now, but it's something maybe to think about if you have a couple of days of downtime between Christmas and New Year or between whenever the holidays for you start and end. Does the anxiety and stress that happens at this time of year, does that reflect something deeper that's going on in your life? Like Jenny's saying, just have a listen to what's coming up for you. Yeah. Try and think about your triggers. Inspect your laboratory. See what it's telling you. And be respectful of your triggers. Like, allow yourself to... Don't be me with my hernia bulging and, like, not allowing myself to even, like, let myself show that I was feeling pain. It's okay for my girls to know that I'm feeling pain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is okay. It is okay. And for all of you that are... That have lost your jobs or are losing your businesses or just don't Mm. aren't sure where that next paycheck or meal is coming from like please reach out to us we we will help hook you up with resources in your area because there's a lot of groups that are helping families that are struggling right now and i know a lot of you probably are and we are here for you we will do everything in our power to help hook you up with the resources that can help you if you are feeling some food insecurity or just need help kind of getting through the next Absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope your festive season is full of love. Full of yeah, full of love and light and and a lot of taking care of yourself and not just other people. Yeah. Just be honest with yourself and take the breaks you need and just get through. Yeah. So once again, thank you for listening. Subscribe, share, social media, follow us. We are here for you. If you do want to take us up on the offer to help find you resources, we are, please reach out patriarchypod at gmail.com. We are at patriarchy underscore pod on Twitter. Yep. Um, Dear Patriarchy Pod. On Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, we are here for you. Best of luck. Love, light, and good night. Love, light, good night.